conflicts. And I want to talk to you a little bit today on the subject of joy versus disillusionment. Joy versus disillusionment. Because oftentimes we come into Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year, and we're filled with joy and anticipation and excitement and all of these emotions. And oftentimes that joy can really quickly turn into disillusionment. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. And I really want to focus on the life of Joseph. I want to focus on Joseph's life today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. You certainly can click there. It'll be on the screen. We're going to start in verse 18. And as you're turning there or clicking there, let me uh, just kind of talk to you a little bit about a story I ran across some time ago It was a man who called his son in Chicago the day before Christmas Eve. And he told his son, he said, son, I hate to ruin your day, but your mother and I, it's over. Like we're done. We're divorcing. After 45 years of misery, enough is enough. Dad, what in the world are you talking about? The son screamed. He said, well, son, listen, we can't stand the sight of each other any longer, and I'm tired of talking about it. You call your sister, and you tell her. So Frantic, the son, picks up the phone, calls his sister in Phoenix, to which she explodes, and she says, no way, this is not happening. She says, I'll take care of this. So she puts down the phone, dials up her dad, and when her dad picks up the phone, she screams at him and says, listen, you're not getting a divorce. Don't you guys do a single thing till I get there. I'm calling my brother back and we will be there tomorrow. Until then, don't you do a thing. She hangs up the phone, puts it down. The husband looks at the wife and says, Babe, good news. Kids are coming home for Christmas this year and they're paying their own way. (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, He ain't right. (laughs) He ain't right. Are you at Matthew yet? Matthew chapter 1. Let's start at verse 18. Verse 18 through 25. Going to do a lot of reading today, but it's just a story that is packed with so much uh, information slash revelation. And so let's, let's see what it says. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin... She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break off the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel says, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit today about Joseph. The life of Joseph. I mean, think about this for a minute. Out of all of the men in the entire world and in the history of humanity, God chose Joseph to be the earthly father 
of Jesus. I mean, think, what was it about this man's life? I mean, because when you think about Joseph, when you study Joseph, his life barely feels one chapter in the Bible. But yet his, his life impacts not only the Christmas story, but all of mankind in such a significant way. So what was it that made Joseph so trustworthy? What was it that God would trust him to take care of his very own son. I mean, think about it. Joseph was there helping to raise Jesus. Joseph maybe even taught Jesus how to play ball, maybe even took him fishing, maybe taught him a little carpentry. But yet when we read the Christmas story, there's not a single word recorded that Joseph ever speaks. Not one. I mean, think about the Christmas story with Joseph and Mary and the wise men and the angels and the shepherds and and, and the manger, the whole scene. And yet the Bible does not record Joseph ever speaking a word. Never had any famous sayings. It wasn't like he was on social media with thousands of followers. But yet he lived an amazing life. And it is that life that I want to talk about and unpack just for a few moments Today, So let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to just stand here and share, God, what you've put in our hearts today. And so, Lord, help us to receive from you this Christmas. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Have you ever thought about what a strange way to save the world? You ever thought about that? I mean, you know, we, we read the story, we, we hear the story all the time, but I think oftentimes we miss the details. We, we miss the significance in, in understanding that this just isn't a story, it isn't a fable, but this actually happened. Like this was real life for people. The Bible says that Mary and Joseph were engaged. How many couples in the house today are engaged? Come on, raise your hand. If you're watching online, you're, how many of you uh, intend on getting engaged Christmas? Don't you dare raise your hand. Amen? Engaged. And so, I, you know, I can kind of see this happening because engaged couples, they spend time talking about one thing. That's the big day, right? They, they spend that time. There's plans. There's, there's details. And so in my mind, I can almost see Joseph sending Mary a text saying, Hey, let's meet up for coffee. Because Joseph's got some details he needs to work out, some plans he needs to work out, things that are going to happen. This wedding is a very big deal to both of them. And so they meet up at that cafe, but Mary's got some news for old Joe. She says, Joseph, there's something I, I need to tell you. There's something I need to dial you in on. I'm pregnant, and we both know it's not yours. Can you imagine Joseph? In that moment, Joseph's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, time out. Like, what's going on? What happened? And Mary's like, yeah, yeah, I've got a baby inside of me, and we know you're not the dad. I mean, we listen to this stained glass Christmas story, and we warm up to it. But can I tell you something? That moment, whether that was in the morning or the afternoon, that was a a game changer. That was real life for those two. And so if you're a Joseph, in your mind, you're thinking, man, wait a minute. I, I mean, I thought we, we saved ourselves for each other. I was committed to you. I thought you were committed to me. I mean, we had a plan. We had it all worked out. She's like, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. 
And in that moment, I can see Joseph saying, the holy who? I mean, what are you talking about? How many of you know that that is a difficult conversation to have? I mean, can you imagine all of the confusion, all of the things that that would create? I mean, in that moment, that occasion that was so filled with joy and excitement and anticipation, and everybody's kind of, yes, this is it. And in one moment, it all changed to disillusionment. It all changed to confusion. Life did not happen the way he planned it. And some of you in here today, some of you watching online, your life has not gone the way you thought it would go. There's been some things that have happened. There's been some things that you've had to walk through. And, and, and maybe you woke up one day full of excitement and full of joy and full of life. And, and, and one event, one thing took place and turned your life all around. Someone once said this, that life is, excuse me, life is what happens to you when you had something else planned. Life is what happens to you when you had something else planned. The question that I have for you today is what do you do when life throws you a curveball? What do you do when things don't go the way that you think they are to go? I mean, think about Joseph. Joseph is sitting here thinking, wait a minute. I mean, we, we were supposed to get married. We were supposed to get a house with a white picket fence. We are supposed to build a family. And you're telling me this? But I love the character of Joseph because the Bible says that he did not want to publicly disgrace her. And so he goes and he says, hey, I'm just going to break off the engagement quietly. Just going to break it off quietly. And I love the character because he didn't want to shame her. Even though there was something inside of him that says, you know what? Even though what she's done to me is wrong, I still want to do what's right. So the Bible says Joseph goes home that night and he lays his head on the pillow. Can you imagine the thoughts running through that guy's head? Can you imagine the emotions? Can you imagine all of the things that are happening? And some of you in here today and watching online, you can identify with a sleepless night. You can identify all of these thoughts running through your head and all of the information that's been given to you at one time. And the Bible says in that moment that he drifts off to sleep. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God shows up. I want you to hear me today. If you don't get anything else I say, I want you to lean in at this moment. Even in your worst nightmare, your biggest mess, your ball of confusion, the Spirit of God can show up in your life. See, Joseph went to bed that night with information, but he woke up with revelation. Come on, how many of you know that's the difference? And, and as people of faith, we don't just live our lives by the information we receive. We don't just live our lives by the things that we physically see. We live our lives by faith. We live our lives by revelation. These things that God speaks into our hearts. And I know a lot of times when we don't have all the answers to the questions and we're trying to figure this out, it's almost like we're trying to connect the dots of our lives because we just can't see the the big picture. I've got this information. I've got this going on. I've got this happening. And I'm trying to connect. And God, I just can't see what you're doing. And oftentimes you're on dot number five and you're trying to jump the dot number 20. 
And God's just saying, can you trust me through all of this? Can you just trust me? Can you rely on me and lean into me? Because if you will, I'm going to take you one step at a time, one dot at a time, and one day you're going to wake up and the picture's going to be there and you're going to have that aha moment to say, God, I see what you were doing there. I see what you were doing there. Oftentimes we've got information, but we need revelation on what God is doing in our lives. The Spirit of God showed up in the middle of the night and the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And I love what the angel says. The angel says, don't be afraid. Like, do not be afraid. Fear not. And I think that maybe that is a word for somebody in here today watching online. Maybe you're looking at your life. Maybe your life is filled with fear and disappointment and disillusionment. And God, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to work out this way. And God is saying today, don't be afraid. I believe God wants to give us revelation about the situation that maybe some of you are losing sleep over. And the angel says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been planted inside of her was planted by heaven itself. And you understand that that, in that moment, that revelation brought a change into Joseph's life and he makes a decision. All he's got to go on it is a dream. But he makes the decision to say, God, I want to experience your best for my life. And so in thinking about that, I begin to ask myself a question. God, how can we experience your best? And so let me just give you kind of the B-E-S-T, if you will. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How to experience God's best in the middle of a life that just sometimes doesn't make sense. Here's the first letter B. You have to be willing to believe the impossible. Believe the impossible. You know, it's amazing how Jesus was introduced to the world through an impossible set of circumstances. I mean, possible is the realm we all like to live in. We all like to kind of have our hands on things. We all like to be comfortable. We all like to be kind of in control, if you will. But you understand that impossible is God's domain. Possible is where when something happens, we take credit for it. We can control it. We can manage it. But when you step into the impossible, you understand that that is a doorway to the divine. That is the place that God calls us to. Because oftentimes in life, when you look at the Bible, every great man and woman who accomplished anything great, you're going to see them stepping into an impossible situation. Think about Abraham, think about Moses, think about David, think about even Mary, the woman we're talking about today, her husband Joseph. Think about these guys, these great men and women of old that we all admire, that we all read about, but yet they had to believe in the midst of an impossible situation. And so maybe you're here today and you find yourself in a place where, where it just doesn't make sense and it doesn't look like it's going to work out and you're in an impossible place. Guess what? You're in the perfect place for God to show up in your life. I love what the scripture says in Psalms chapter 32 verse 8. The Lord says this, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Has God ever challenged you to do something that you just didn't understand? 
Come on, is anybody in the house today? Has God ever challenged you to take a step of faith? Has God ever challenged you to go beyond your comfort zone, to step into something that literally just didn't make sense to you? Has God ever done that to you? Because Joseph was in that situation now. He's got a decision to make. And you understand this whole thing hinges on faith. It all hinges on faith. Believing God even when you don't have all the information. Saying yes to the plan of God would change Joseph's life forever. And guess what? It would eventually change ours. And Joseph said, God, man, I don't understand it all. It doesn't make sense. But if this is what you need me to do, I'm willing. I may not understand it. I may not have all the the dots connected. But God, if this is what you're calling me to, I'm willing to step in to that place. Let me ask you something. What is God challenging you with now? What is he challenging you with? What is he stirring in your hearts and in your lives? And even though you don't fully understand it, could you be willing to believe the impossible? Here's the next letter in best, the letter E. Not only do you have to believe the impossible, but you have to endure what is painful. You have to endure what is painful. A lot of times during the holidays, pain is highlighted. But can I tell you something? God has the ability to heal you everywhere you hurt. You say, Pastor, man, I've been praying for a long time. And I, it just doesn't seem like it's coming together. It doesn't seem like it's working out. But listen, while you're waiting for that healing, God can give you the grace to endure. And Joseph had to know this. I mean, think about it. This is not a job that everybody's applying for. This is not a job that everybody's signing up for. I mean, imagine the weight of the world on his shoulder, the pressures of life, the decisions. Some of you are right there. Everybody's got an opinion of what they think you ought to do. Can you imagine this guy on social media? Like, hey, we're having a baby. It's not mine. He's the son of God. Trust me, an angel told me. Hashtag, it's a boy. Can you imagine? I mean, this may even be where the statement, who's your daddy, came from. I don't know. It very well could be. But Joseph said yes. He believes the impossible. Listen, just because you're willing to step out in faith, just because you're willing to believe God, doesn't mean that the doors are going to automatically fly wide open for you. Think about Mary and Joseph. Having to walk 70 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You understand Mary is nine months pregnant. And all the ladies in the house said, oh me, amen. Nine months pregnant, walking 70 miles. And then when they finally get to Bethlehem, there's no room. Oh, we're full. No room here, no room there. Hey, here's a stable, a dirty stable with a bunch of farm animals. You understand that's not a woman's hospital. And then sometime after that, they had to flee to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill their son. Mary and Joseph faced so much opposition in their lives. Saying yes to Jesus will oftentimes put you in opposition to other people. Because the enemy of your soul is trying to stop what God is wanting to do in your life. 
But if you're willing to believe the impossible, if you're willing to step out in the place where nobody's willing to step out in, if you're willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, if you're just simply be willing to say, God, I don't understand it all, but I believe you. If you're willing to do that, when the opposition comes, God will give you the grace to endure the painful moments in life. Joseph was able to do all of this because he learned a valuable lesson. And that is that his life was borrowed. He understands that my life is not my own. Can I tell you something? Powerful living is understanding that I am being borrowed by God. I am willing to let God do whatever he wants to do. His purpose, his plan. Because I understand that. What God wants to do is so much bigger than what I can dream or even imagine. So you got to believe the impossible. You've got to be willing to endure. Yes, there's going to be some pain. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He says, struggle will always be part of the dream. Struggle is always part of the dream. So God says, hey, if you can believe me, if you will endure, my plans for your life are so much bigger than you are. And Joseph had to realize, man, this is not about me. There's something greater in the works here. So you got to believe the impossible. You've got to endure what is painful. Here's the S in the letter best. You've got to see the potential. You got to see the potential. Come on, look at somebody and say, you look good today. Come on, you look good today. Even if you didn't comb your hair, girl, you look good today. See the potential. See the potential. Joseph was a carpenter. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, not in your notes, but it talks about how Jesus comes back into Nazareth and he's, he's preaching. And in that moment, they say, wait a minute, isn't this the carpenter's son? Joseph was a carpenter, but, but really what that means is that he had the ability to look at a piece of lumber and not just see it for what it was, but see it for what it could be. So he would look at a piece of wood and say, okay, that's a table right there. That's a dresser right there. That's, that's a chair right there. He had the ability to look at something and see what it could be. Can I tell you something? That's the story of Christmas. That's the story of Christmas. That God would look down from heaven and not just see us for our problems, not just see us for our mistakes, not just see us for our mess-ups and our mishaps, but see us for the potential that He put inside of us. Man, aren't you glad that the goodness of God looks past all of your faults, looks past all of your failure, looks past all of them tripolar moments you know you got, looks past all of that and says there's something golden inside of that person. Aren't you glad that God sees that in us? Oftentimes in life, we have to be willing to look beyond somebody's hurts and struggles and problems and see the potential in people to say there's life inside of that person. There's life inside of there. Joseph, in that moment, had to realize, God, there's something greater that's happening right here. You got to believe the impossible. You got to endure what is painful. You've got to see the potential. Here is the T in best. You've got to be willing to trust till the end. Trust to the end. You know, I was thinking uh, a lot of scholars believe that Joseph died when Jesus was in his early 20s. Some, some scholars believe it was around 22 years 
of age. And, and, and listen, you don't really see Joseph a lot in the Bible. I mean, you, you read about him that Joseph was there at, at the birth of Christ. And then he was there, you know, like epic parent fail. Come on, you ever forgot your child somewhere? Come on, just be real with me. Amen. We got four kids. We left one of them at the church one day. I ain't lying to you. I'm just, I, it's just the way it is. Amen. But anyway, I was like calling Missy. I was like, hey, you got him? She's like, no, you. I'm like, I'm halfway home. He's at the church. Amen. <laughs> Parents left him at the church. Three days. Come on, somebody. I mean, that's a long time to forget about your youngin. <laughs> That is a God moment. I'm just saying. But anyway, you read about him at the birth. You read about him when Jesus was 12. But you don't hear anything else about Joseph. Not a word. So if Joseph died when Jesus was 22 years old. Let me ask you this question. How old was Jesus when he started his earthly ministry? Come on, say that loud. 30 years of age. So you're telling me that Joseph, the very father of Jesus, never got to see his son reach his full potential? Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, never got to see his son reach his full potential. You remember the dream, right? You remember the dream. We just read it. The angel speaking to Joseph about that, that incredible night. He's going to be the Messiah. He's going to save his people from his sin. But yet here is the earthly father of Jesus. And he never got to hear his son preach a sermon. All these incredible things that we hear Jesus say throughout the Gospels. The Beatitudes and how he's sitting on the Mount of Olives. He's, he's preaching in that moment. And yet his earthly father never heard it. Never saw his son perform any miracles. No healings. He didn't see him rise Lazarus from the dead. He didn't see him open the blinded eyes. He didn't see him healing the lame. All of these things that Jesus is so famous for that we read about. And yet Joseph never You ever wondered if Joseph may have kind of felt like he missed it? I'm like, Lord, did, did, I, did I miss this on that night? That night that you said all of these great things, that, 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 did I miss it? I wonder if Joseph had doubt. I wonder if he had questions. I wonder if there was confusion. I wonder if there was disillusionment. I, I wonder if that happened. But here's what I know. The moment he stepped into heaven, and I don't know, but I, I got to believe that in that moment, our heavenly father wrapped his arms around Joseph and said, Joseph, because you trusted me, there will be untold millions that will trust him. In that moment. You ever feel like you missed it in life? You ever feel like you've kind of come up short in life? 
Things just aren't working out the way you thought they would. You, maybe you tried over here and you tried over there and it just, it's just not coming together. And it just feels like that I'm just failing over here and I'm failing over there. I, maybe you're a man in the house and I just feel like I'm failing as a man. I feel like I'm failing as a father. Maybe you're a mom in the house and, and, and man, you're having to work and you're having to cook. You're having to clean. You're having to do all that. And then, you, and then sometimes the ball drops and you, maybe you feel like I'm just not qualified to be a mom or maybe you're in the house as as a lady and you're like I just I just don't know you ever feel like giving up you ever feel like throwing in the towel how many of you wish you could get a redo kind of like the come on how many of you guys remember cassette tapes come on old folks in the house in Jesus name what about eight tracks come on come on look at the hands in Jesus name whoo gray hair don't care amen let it happen you remember them cassette tapes you pop that thing in and maybe you were listening to something you're like man I don't want to hear that song what do you you, you hit that fast forward and that thing says Oh, man, oh, I like that. That was a good one. I, I need to hear that again. And then you try to eject it, and it runs all out. And you take a pencil. Come on, good old days. How many of you remember and feel my pain in Jesus' name? Thank you. Anybody remember a rotary dial phone? Come on. Some of these youngins like, sometimes, guys, life will throw you a curveball. Sometimes life will not go the way you anticipated it to. Sometimes you're going to have questions that, quite frankly, there are no answers to. Not on this side of eternity. The Apostle Paul said when we live in this life right now, it's almost like we're looking in a dark glass. There's things that just aren't clear, but one day they will be. And so we have to be willing to trust all of these things to a God who is so much bigger than us. And so, man, I don't know who this is for. I... I wrote this down this past week. I, I, I just kind of I jotted it down right here in the in the bottom of my notes. It's, it's not even it's not in your notes. And I don't know who this is for, whether you're in here, whether you're whether you're online, but but I feel like that no matter where you are in your life, that that if you feel like life's throwing you a curveball, if you feel like, man, I had joy, but now I'm a little confused. I, there's some disillusionment taking place. I, I don't I don't know if I'm doing right. I feel like a failure. I Man, I thought things were going to go different. Here's, here's two things I want to give you today. You matter more than you think you do. You matter more than you think you do. Let me say that again. I really feel in my heart that some of you need to grab hold of that. You matter more then you think you do. Here's the second one. You're doing better than what you think you are. 
You matter more than you think you do. And you're doing better than what you think you are. Man, I don't know who that's for. Watching online in the house. I, I don't know who that's for. But God spoke that into my heart this past week. As I was writing this thing out. And, and I ended it. And I said, God, how, how, do I, how do I end that? And it was almost like there it was. It just jumped off the page, so to speak. So if you're in the house today. And maybe you're in a disillusioned state you matter more than you think you do you matter come on you matter man I don't care the mistakes I don't care the mess ups I don't care how how, how far you may have feeling like you, you've fallen or you can't put it together you, you, you're looking at your life you're like man I wish it was like the cassette I wish I could hit the rewind right now I wish I could get the do over right now listen, listen you matter more than you think you do you matter today and you're doing better than what you think you are the enemy of the soul is speaking into your mind and speaking, saying, oh, man, you just will give up. You just will throw in the towel. You just will walk away. Listen, you need to have the best life that God has for you. And all you've got to do is just simply do the best. Believe in the impossible. Endure what is painful. See the potential and trust to the end. To have God's best for your life. You put them pieces together. And let me tell you something. Does that mean that life is going to be rosy and, and it's going to all work out? And, and, and men, you're going to go home and your wife's going to rub your feet and feed your grapes and all that? <laughs> no. Amen. It's not going to happen. Isaiah says that you need to wash them dishes. Read it. It's in there. Amen. I love you guys. I love you guys. I do. But I also know the pain. I know what you're going through. I know many of you right now, life has thrown you a curveball right here. Hang in there. Man, God's with you. God's hands are upon you. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. So, so many families this year... Coming into the Christmas season, it, it is going to be a little difficult because it's different. But hang in there. We love you. We're praying for you. And there's a God in heaven that wants to do something in you that you can't even imagine or dream. Amen. Stand with me all over the house. Turn to somebody real quick and say, You matter. You matter. Come on, look at them and say, you're doing better. You're doing better. I know the enemy may be lying to you, but you're doing better. Come on, look at them and say, you're doing better. You matter. You matter. God's doing something great in your life. He's not done with you yet. You matter. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just want to pause and say thank you. For the word that you have spoken into our hearts today. The words that you have spoken over our lives today. God, thank you. If I could be as bold, Lord, as to just say thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for watching over us. 
Thank you, Lord, for being there in the darkness of night when life throws the curves, when, when the joy seems to fade. Thank you, God, that you are there. You never leave us, nor do you ever forsake us. Thank you. Thank you for encouraging us, Lord, on a daily basis. Given us strength where there appears to be no strength. And Lord, right now, there are so many that are in the house today and watching online that are faced with an impossible situation. But God, help us to believe. Help us to endure. Help us to see and help us to trust. So that we can have the best life ever. The life you intended us to have. In Jesus' name. Won't you keep your heads bowed with me all over the house for a moment? Maybe you've come into the house today and man, maybe you're you're dealing with what may seem to be an impossible set of circumstances. Life just, isn't ha- just hasn't turned out the way you anticipated it. And if you're in here today and if that's you, could you raise a hand and say, Pastor, could you just pray for me? Could you pray for me? Seize the hands. Seize it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So Father, right now, we come to you as a family. And Father, life has not gone the way maybe we pictured. But Lord, we know you're still there. You're still active. You're still moving. You're still working in the hearts and lives of your people. And so Father, right now, for every hand that was raised, whether it was in the house, whether it was online, God, you know those watching online. You know where they are. So, Father, wherever they are right now, I just pray for a peace to come over them. Lord, may your peace come over them. May your your presence overshadow them, O Lord. Lord, may the joy be restored. Weeping may endure for the night, but God, your word says joy comes in the morning. Let joy be restored, Father. Help us to believe. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're in the house today. Maybe you walked in. Maybe you're watching online right now. And and let's just be honest. Maybe you got a place in your life where you said, Pastor, I man, maybe there was a time where you were close to God and, and, and you were praying and, and reading and attending and, and serving and giving, but somewhere along the line, life happened. Maybe you fell off, but but you say, Pastor, today. Man, today I want, I want the best life ever. And I know that, that my first step is to come back to God. To give Him my heart. To give Him my life. If, if, if that's you in the house, could you just be willing to raise a hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to come back. Seize the hands. Ready to come back. Seize the hands. Maybe you walked in here today and you've never made the decision to accept Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. And on this Christmas season, you've chosen to walk into this place. Or watch in, tune in for the first time and God is speaking into your heart. And you say, Pastor, today is the day. I'm tired of living my life, just doing whatever. I need purpose. I need destiny, God. I need you. If that describes you, could you be willing to to lift a hand and say, today is the day I'm going all in. Giving him my heart, giving him my life, seize the hand, giving him everything that I've got today is the day. Look at me, church. Everybody raise your head. Look at me. Hands all over the place. Here's what we want to do. For those of you that said, man, hey, 
I'm ready to come back to God. Those of you that says, hey, today's the first day ever. I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. We pray this together as a family, church. You know what we do, amen? So let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Father, I believe that you died on the cross, but you rose the third day. And Lord, right now, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. And Father, help me to do what you've called me to do. God, help me to have my best life ever. In Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise.